0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the place of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come to you and say, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place. So when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said to the one who invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors. In case, they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy Labor Day weekend, everyone. Um, I don't know about you, but Labor Day for me is always a little bit of a bittersweet time. Anyone else feel that way? (laughs) Some hands went up really quickly there uh, as we sort of watch once again the passing of another summer that always seems to go quickly um, and sort of think about what's happened over the last few months. I I am very excited about getting back to the rhythm and routine of the fall. Uh, That's always the upside, but uh, it's always a little sad to see summer leaving. So however you are dealing with that transition, uh, my prayers are with you. I, this morning on Liberty Weekend, I want to I offer a, a couple simple reflections about the gospel. Um, this is the story we just heard read about Jesus attending a banquet at the house of a Pharisee. Um, To get into it though, I want to share a story about something that happened in my own life. As I was reflecting on the gospel this week, uh, for whatever mysterious reason, this particular event in my life sort of presented itself and I remembered it. And I do think it, it allows us to make some connections back to the gospel. So the event I'm thinking about was something that happened when I was very young. I think I was probably about three years old or so. It was certainly before kindergarten. Uh, I was visiting with my family, of course, Uh, my grandma and grandpa uh, on my mom's side, uh, and all of the other, uh, my aunts and uncles and all of my cousins who were born at that point, uh, others came later, were were present. And it's a big family. Uh, There are 21 of us cousins. I'm the 15th. Um, I was young enough at that moment that I don't think the other six who came after me had all been born, so I was probably either the youngest or maybe one of the two or three who were youngest as we were gathering there. And one of the things that happened while we were at Grandma and Grandpa's house was that another relative, a great aunt, came and one of the things she did is she gave a gift to all of the grandchildren. Um, And it may not surprise you, you know, she had to have some way of figuring out what order to give them in. And so she started with the oldest and worked her way down to the youngest, which meant I was at the end of the line, or close to it anyway. And I remember, um, it is a vivid memory for me, watching all of my older cousins get their gifts. And I had this real profound sense of sort of fear and dread that, well, what happens if there aren't enough presents for me? You know, what if she forgets me? What if there aren't enough? Um, And in that moment, I I think I was viewing my cousins, understandably, um, as competitors with me of a scarce resource of presence or affection or or, or love. Now, you will be happy to know my great great aunt did not forget me. She did have a present for me. I still remember what it was. Someone asked me last night if I still have it. I don't know if my mom and dad still have it. It was a sort of uh, pale green sewn frog about this big, tall, um, that was just two pieces of material. She had made it with beanbag uh, filling on the inside and a couple of goofy eyes. Um, And I still remember one of its legs ended up, it was a beloved toy of mine. Uh, One of the legs ended up getting a hole and my mom stitched it up. Anyway, so I, I got a gift. And after I received the gift, I remember the the sort of sense I had was that all of a sudden I realized, oh, these cousins aren't in competition with me, but I had this sense that we're, I guess I'd say we were in solidarity together. Um, They were part of this family, and I was one of them. Uh, And one of the ways in this family that we shared our love was through the giving and the receiving of gifts. Now, what does that possibly have to do with the gospel for today? Well, I want to suggest, and again, the gospel here is Jesus attending a banquet hosted by some Pharisees. The, the sort of guts of it is his parable about when you go to a banquet, don't choose the places of honor, but sit lower down. But I want to suggest that one of the driving forces of this gospel, one of the dynamics going on, is that everyone who is there at that banquet is feeling a similar sense, I, I would use the word of insecurity or fear that I was feeling as a little three-year-old when I was hoping I would get a, a, a present. And what, what's, how that's presenting itself is everyone is watching other people at the banquet very, very closely, and there are three instances of that that I want to lift up. The first one is at the very front or top of the reading. This is actually at the top of your bulletin. It's the quote we pulled from the Gospel for this week. So the first instance of people watching others is the Pharisees, who we are told were watching Jesus closely. Okay, That's the first instance. The second instance, and I'm not going to have you get your Bibles out um, unless you want, but the second instance is the, the attendees who are all paying attention to everyone else who's at the banquet. And they're kind of doing this little calculus of, where do I stand in relation to him or her? Am I higher or lower than they are? So they're all paying attention to everyone else who's there. That's the second instance of watching. And the third is the, the, the watching of the host, which we know from the way Jesus talks to the host, and the host also is observing everyone, and he, I think it was probably a he who was hosting this banquet, is thinking, okay, who here at the banquet that I'm hosting is higher than me on the social ladder, and who among those people who I've invited are going to invite me to a party that's even going to be better than mine with more impressive and more important people? Okay, In all three of those instances I would submit to you the people who are doing that watching and comparing comparing with others are doing it out of this sense of insecurity they're doing it from a sense of well there's a scarce resource here of attention or adulation or uh, social prestige and I've got to get mine because there's not enough of it to go around so I got to make sure I'm getting mine Uh, or or else I'm not going to have any. In the case of the Pharisees, there is no question in my mind that the Pharisees, who again are watching Jesus, are absolutely jealous of Jesus. He's getting all this attention. People keep listening to him. They're hanging on his words. They're laughing at his jokes. And the Pharisees are thinking, well, wait, I'm supposed to be teaching the people. Why isn't anyone paying attention to me? So they're jealous. They're like a little three-year-old boy, right, who's nervous about getting a present. The attendees, again, they're sort of jockeying for the right position. They, they want everyone to think, well, I'm important, so I'm going to, I maybe only belong right here at the table in terms of the sort of spectrum of places of honor, but I'm going to try to move up a little bit so everyone thinks more highly of me because there's only so much honor to go around, so I've got to grab more when I can get it. And again, the host is sort of not focused on his guests and being present to them as much as he's thinking, well, what's the next party going to be like? Who's going to host that? And how's that going to be better than the one that I'm giving now? Now, here's one of the, pick your word, either the great irony or the tragedy or the sadness of this event is that everyone at the banquet is doing what? They are eating the same food. Do you think they're enjoying it, though? No, because they're so busy comparing themselves to everyone else that they're, it's a terrible dinner, right? And yet each and every one of them is eating exactly the same food. Now, the challenge of a story like this, of course, is that it happened 2,000 years ago. And here we are in 2019, and we are far, far more mature and sophisticated... <laughs> And advanced than these silly people in the Bible, right? We would never feel the way they felt, right? <laughs> of course we do. It is a perennial problem, right? the challenge that we have of comparing ourselves to other people, of weighing, you know, where am I in relation to these other folks? Am I more important? Am I less important? Are they better than me? Are they smarter? Are they more wealthy, more powerful? Whatever. And I will pause here, by the way. That's, this is a problem for all of us, I think, at every age. But as the school year begins, I do think that, particularly for our young people, Um, schools can be a very toxic and challenging environment when it comes to sort of where people are on the food chain socially. So I mean this sincerely. I would encourage you, please, please, please keep our young people in your prayers as they try to navigate um, the challenges and the complexities of, of those social circumstances. Now, the good news for us as Christians is that in the Bible, we are promised that at the end of time, Uh, In heaven, when we see God face to face, and the metaphor, by the way, is very often uh, the same as as the gospel story, we will be at a great banquet and we will all have a place to sit and we will all be gathered together with our brothers and sisters. Okay, That's the the promise uh, long term. And by the way, that hymn we sang at the beginning of worship as we gather at the table has this beautiful line that, that reminds us of that promise, um, it's verse three. It's the third stanza, um, and it says there, um, there, T H E R E, as in there in heaven. No more will envy blind us, nor will pride our peace destroy. There, no more will envy blind us, nor will pride our peace destroy. Okay, so there in heaven this problem of envy, this problem of pride, will disappear. That's the good news long-term. But the other good news for us is that God doesn't want us to wait until heaven to experience that peace. right? And I'm not naive. I realize I can't stand up here and say, stop comparing yourselves to other people. It doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. However... On this Labor Day weekend, when we do what? We rest from our labors. That's part of the significance of Labor Day weekend. We rest from our labors. I do think it's appropriate for us as God's children to pray that God will allow us to rest from this challenging trouble of always, always, always comparing ourselves to other people. That God will give us a sense of peace, a sense of confidence in our own skin so that, not filled with envy or pride, we can enjoy all of the blessings that God gives to us right now, here, today. And, importantly, that we can recognize that the people who surround us as we go on our way are not just companions or acquaintances, but are, in fact, part of our family. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Good and gracious God, you do call us together to be your children, brothers and sisters of one another. We pray today that you will give us a sense of confidence, a sense of comfort, a sense of peace that allows us to let go a little bit of our desperate need to compare ourselves to others. Help us to receive the gifts you give to us gratefully and to acknowledge the brothers and sisters who sit beside us. And all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.